Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. Woo! Welcome back. So in this podcast, we always talk about things about musical theaters and hopefully play someday. Um, but in today's episode, we'll be talking about the French musical Romeo and Juliet. So yeah, this episode will actually feature a brand new segment for us. And this segment is me mispronouncing everything because I cannot <laughs> speak French either. Uh, I hope you enjoy. <laughs> at least that you learned French before I had zero French so oh, it will true. be but hopefully a little bit more authentic than my listen my French is like je m'appelle Becky and that's <laughs> <laughs> all right I think that's enough like disclaimer yeah that is all to say that we don't know how to speak it or pronounce it properly yes. so if we pronounce something horribly you guys just have to bear with us yeah and by us I mean me please don't come after me with like pitchforks I am sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, no disrespect. <laughs> um, um, I guess I will introduce the musical just for the sake of introducing it, but I'm pretty sure everybody's very familiar with the plot of Romeo and Juliet. So it's essentially like the classic telling of uh, the Shakespearean story about two star-crossed lovers from feuding families from Verona, Italy. All right. So I guess at this point, I will ask you, what is your background like with Romeo and Juliet, Claire? So I'm very excited about this one because I recommended this one to Becky. Um, I feel like from the reaction I've been getting, I'm not expecting a very positive <laughs> reaction to it. But I'm sorry. <laughs> whatever. I'm really loving it because in Taiwan's music class, a lot of the people or like a lot of the teachers, they'll show you a music videos or like a music, uh, musical movies of some sort. Um, to get your interest in music in general, I guess. So mm-hmm. I first got in touch with, or like I first knew about this musical because my brother, he brought the DVD back home because his teacher showed them this movie. So oh. it was um, a DVD that I saw in class and he thought it was really, really fun and he liked the music. So he brought it home and then he wanted to share it and show it to us. So Before this, I never really had any experience with French music. Mm -hmm. And even with the concept of musical, it was very new to me. It was around the same age when I was exposed to musicals like Rent um, Mm -hmm. and Phantom of the Opera, that sort of thing. So um, the whole musical idea was relatively foreign to me and French music I have never listened to any French music (laughs) before in my life. So it caught my eyes right away. But I love like classical literature I read like Romeo and Juliet in Mandarin version many many times before so I'm very familiar with the story I'm sure pretty much all of you probably are too Um, (laughs) but the musical was a very interesting viewing experience especially because it was so colorful first of all and it was so different than the mainstream music that was popular in Taiwan at the time so I really like it I think the whole experience like just dancing the singing the music the acting the cast and pretty much everything Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoy it I see I mean I guess I'll talk about my experience with the specific musical later on but um, I guess before I talk about my I guess connection to Romeo and Juliet how old were you were you intru- when you were introduced to it? Like 13-ish? 13. Okay, cool. Yeah, personally, obviously, um, Claire was the one who introduced me to the musical. We talked about it like way before the podcast. We're just like, oh, you know, we both love musicals so much. But what is a musical that you like really like or really connected with? And this is one of the answers she brought up. And I always pushed it until like 
now, I guess. Um, to be honest, uh, Romeo and Juliet is one of my least favorite Shakespearean stories. It's something that is so overexposed and overdone. I typically do not like. Um, and I'm just saying all of that to make people less angry at me when I'm going to say that I'm not a big fan of the musical. So yeah. All right. So I guess at this section, we are going to do the song by song breakdown. And that means me mispronouncing everything. And we'll start with Ferrand. Um, at the beginning, there is some voiceover introducing like the story. The voiceover really gave me like early 2000 vibe. I don't know if you watched a whole lot of movies like in the early 2000s. I actually really enjoyed that opening because it felt so nostalgic to me. By the um, way, the voices mm-hmm. in the beginning, like that's the songwriter or like the producer. Really? Yeah. I was wondering if the poet was also the um songwriter no but i didn't i didn't know no. that's too bad <laughs> um all right so next we see two groups one in red and one in blue obviously to symbolize the two feeding families and we see the prince of verona introducing the city and kind of like complaining about the fact that like the city is so beautiful but the, ci- the citizens are suffering so I guess I'll go first and say my opinion on this number because I don't have too, too much to say about it. So I actually think this is one of like the best numbers. I would say it's like the second best for me. If I knew French, I think it would be a very fun song to sing along to. It gives me like an old communal vibe and I really like that aspect. What do you think? I think it's a good opening number. Like mm-hmm. I like the color contrast. I like what they do with the, the costume a lot. And I also like how... Even with the choice of fabric, like you can see the two families are so different. So mm-hmm. I noticed that even though there are some common elements among the costume, but then usually like the blue has a little bit more leather and then the red like usually has like a softer fabric. So like a silk or something. So mm-hmm. I really like just visually how different they are. And one thing that really stumped me about French musicals is like how much dancing is involved. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it opens with like a fighting scene almost, um, but you see a lot of dancing on the stage. It was just visually very, very pleasant to me. And I like the Prince vocal. Funny story. So apparently he only got the role of Prince because he was the only one auditioning for the role. So no they way. really tried to keep him for the role. And I thought it was so funny. And he later on, um, so in the 2010 they did like a whole new version of the musical. And then in that he played the priest. Oh, so, yeah, he was still in the was great. I thought so too. I really yeah. like his vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I actually also had a note about the um, the costumes. So it is actually very interesting in terms of like the color choice and the fabric choice. Do you think the different fabrics symbolize any like in, innate characteristics about the two clans? I just kind of thought that because Romeo is the guy um, and there's more like male characters from his side of the family so right. they would naturally have something that's more um, I guess trans- traditionally associated with like the mas- masculine mm. um, and therefore the latter and I don't know if you noticed but I think from Julia's family there's a lot more females mm-hmm. so they're just naturally they have like more lighter fabric softer yeah mm-hmm. softer ones too so that's my explanation. I don't know how you understand it. 
No, I think it's a good explanation. I, I also think like they worked with how they want to design Romeo and Juliet first and then they expanded it mm-hmm. to the rest of their families. And I think it was a good choice in terms of fabric. What I do question though is the clothing choice for the prince. Um, because in this specific number, and I guess he doesn't really change his outfit at all, but mm-hmm. um, he either looks like he robbed Macklemore right after he filmed like the thrift shop video or... <laughs> Jean-Pierre Lapelt from 102 Dalmatians. I don't know if you saw that movie. I don't know. It just screamed that vibe and was like, that's not a very princely outfit, but okay. Um, and also I think the set looks really nice. So the set doesn't really change throughout the musical, which is uh, fine. But uh, what is there is very well done. Like it looks a little bit old timey. It looks very sturdy, like a very sturdy structure. Um, and they illuminate in different ways and like, engage your eyes in different ways in that respect as well mm-hmm. all right so the next song is Lane. so uh the two clans are fighting in some truly impressive choreography that's another standout for me in the musical um i thought the choreography was very well done so after that the prince orders the two clans the montagues and capulets to stop their fighting and says that if they will continue um they'll pay with their lives essentially so the two ladies of the clan, Lady Capulet and Lady Montague, want the fighting to stop as well, even though they still hate each other, um, but view like the manifestation of the hatred as like the violence of it um, as a problem. So um, what do you think of it? I think vocally they are so different. Mm. And so like Lady Capulet has a lighter voice, whereas like Lady Montague has a much deeper voice. Yeah. And the two of them, when they blend together, I just thought it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really like that contrast. And later on, like the very, very last song is also sung by the two of them. So I thought it was a very interesting echoing because at first, in the beginning of the story, they sing together a song about hatred, but then in the end, they sing a song about like peace and love and like mm-hmm. trying to work with each other. So I think it's a very nice echoing from the beginning to the end. So totally. that's what I like about it. But yeah, I, I agree with you. So I think like the songs that I like more um, in this musical are concentrated towards the beginning of the first act. Um, and this one is definitely one of my favorites too. So the actress who sings like Lady Capulet's vibe, she really gives me like Celine Dion vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, she's super talented. Um, the actress is like sings the Lady uh, Montague is also super talented. And as, as you said, like their voices meld really well together, which is something that I found true in general. So like a lot of characters that have parts together. So the two ladies and Romeo and Juliet their voices usually sound better when they're combined rather than when they're separate and they're more engaging when they're combined. So okay. it's a plus for me, for sure. That's good. Um, all right. So after this, we have Anjou. So Lady Montague asks Benvolio to look for Romeo, her son, and bring him to her. And then we cut to Romeo and Juliet um, singing about wanting love. Again, I don't have much to say about this song, but <laughs> I have to say I forgot this song as soon as I heard it. Their voice, again, sound beautiful together, but with this scene specifically, and it only becomes more and more pronounced to me later on, um, you know, the actors, the clothing, everything about musical screams geared towards children to me, which I was wondering about because usually like children and myself aren't very big fan of tragedies. I wonder like if children are the primary audience because everything about the musical reminds me of like 
musical that I have seen that are geared towards children as a kid. Um, it just echoes that. Do you, do you sense that as well? No, not really. Okay. Again, this is like my uh, big critique of the entire musical or mm-hmm. maybe why I didn't mesh with it, but it feels very segmented. It's like, oh, a small action and song, small action song. Um, a lot of it is very repetitive. Um, the costumes and the acting seems very melodramatic or like over overplayed. Um, it could be for visibility, but there are a lot of small things here that's kind of like combined together to give me a very childlike image. But the fact that they kept it as a tragedy obviously gave me a sense of, oh, you know, it's probably not associated or geared toward children in a way, but could also be that French children are just different. They're more desensitized to like tragedies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure about like the difference in culture. So I was wondering if this was a vibe that you also got based on like, you know, what is happening in the play and how they constructed it to look like. I didn't really get that vibe, to be honest. Okay. And um, what do you think about this? Like, I like when they sing together, but in terms, because they do have a lot of duets together. So I do (laughs) feel like it is one of the less impressive ones. So Cecilia, the the actress who played Juliet, she's just so cute. She really has that innocent vibe of Juliet and she plays it like just perfectly. I don't think she needs to try almost. Like the (laughs) natural youthfulness that she had with her at the time was just so convincing as Juliet. So definitely, definitely brings that really pure um, innocent side of her out very, very well. And um, the actor who played Romeo he's also pretty young at the time too so I think honestly the chemistry the two of them had is also very interesting because it's really echoing like what Romeo and Juliet I guess originally was about so I enjoy seeing their chemistry together um (laughs) it's just it just sing when they sing together um I really like when their voice blends together but just for this one I think melody wise is not as interesting yeah. But I do like how this song comes right after the previous song, though. So I think it's a very great and very sharp contrast um, with the, the hate song, because love and hate being like the two most important themes in this musical. And I just like how they kind of contrast the beauty of love by having this right after the hate one. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, again, I really, I really hate being a negative Nancy. I don't want to be that person, especially since I know that you like this musical a lot. And I don't want to be repetitive and annoying about this. I didn't really get chemistry between them. It could be because they're so young. Like, you know, it's it's a bit difficult to have maybe more intense chemistry in that young of an age. I think like, again, their voices meld beautifully together. They sound really, really good together. And individually, they also have very strong voices. Um, I don't know, just the acting around it didn't seem as convincing to me. So the next song is La Demande and Maria, and we're going to combine it with Tu dois te Maria. So um, the Capulet host Paris, who is Juliet's rich suitor. Um, Paris asks Lord Capulet for Juliet's hand, promising he would be a good match. And Lord Capulet initially refuses um, because he's saying Juliet is far too young. Meanwhile, Lady Capulet and Juliet's nurse try to talk her to her like about marriage, trying to get her to adopt a more realistic view of the entire like endeavor, saying, oh, don't be a fool to love. Marriage needs to be a lot more rational than what you think it should be. Yeah. What do you think? I think Paris actually has a pretty nice voice, but too bad he only sing like 
I think two or three lines and then his role is like so insignificant so he doesn't really have a lot of um like the play (laughs) yeah (laughs) but at least in the play like he show up at the end and he has like a fight with Romeo but that was completely cut out for the musical version but anyways um (laughs) but his lyrics were so straightforward to the point that was so funny because it's pretty much saying that oh I'm rich I have power I'm like the relative to the prince so if you have any debt I can pay them off like it's very straightforward and very like blunt in a way and Mm -hmm. I was like all right I I see what you're trying to do um and the other details that I kind of noticed is that you can see like um Tibalt's like was like kind of jealous of him in the background yeah. so like you can see him like talking with his friends or like trying to um get the attention of Juliet like in this version he was designed to also I guess like or love Juliet secretly um mm-hmm. which is not something that was mentioned in the original version I have some thoughts about that it's kind of I don't know, because I feel like in the original play, Paris seemed like a nicer person that they made him here. So as you mentioned in the lyrics, he was very like cut and dry. Oh, I'm very rich. I would be a good match for Juliet because of that. And then he also like sprinkled in, oh, I love her, blah, 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 blah. But um, it seems to be a lot about the money and her beauty for him. So obviously that kind of diminishes from his goodness as a character um initially and then Tybalt who I think in the original play was already kind of an antagonistic villain because how prone to violence he was they tacked onto that like the fact that he has like incestuous feelings towards her because he's her cousin um it's cousins really... are fine they're like cousins if you are think, fine if you think about it they're like cousins marry each other back in the days all the time back in I mean I know it was something that was more common back in the days for sure and I mean like the royal family are always like full of incest but they're catering it to a modern audience and for example for Paris he's saying like oh he's 30 years old the age of Julia to be 16 years old in here so you know for a modern audience hearing this the the age difference the age gap is something that's going to be really pronounced and you know to a modern audience hearing like a first cousins getting together or a first cousin having feelings towards well another you don't first know cousin, if they're first cousins that's the thing well it's implied but uh, <laughs> having feelings for each other or like one of them has one-sided feelings I feel like this is something that is not going to go too well and I think they knew of like they know of modern sensibility to an extent because they aged up Juliet from being 13 to being 16 so they are trying to like bridge the gap but they're also trying to make every other male character who is a potential suitor for Juliet like completely despisable and that's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not putting it as a, as a detractor. I think, like, it just makes it a lot more obvious of Romeo being, like, the sole good option that she has, which kind of give me, like, a sense of urgency for her character. So from that, port, like, portion, I understand why they did it. I'm just finding it funny that they've done it, too. Um, but, yeah, it could also be, like, you know, my hangups. Uh, obviously, it doesn't bother a lot of people. It doesn't bother you. So it could be a me-specific thing. All right, so the next song is La Voix du Mont. Juliet confides in her nurse that she wants to marry someone she loves, and the nurse dismisses her, calling her spoiled. Then we cut to Romeo, Mercutio, and Benvolio hanging out. To be honest, for me, it's a standout song, even though there is like zero reasons for it to exist plot-wise. It sounds really, really great, and it's actually my favorite 
from the um, musical. Um, I really enjoyed the harmonizing of the three friends and I really like the energy that Marcuccio and Benvolio brought to this number. Um, and personally, like I'm always a big fan of anything that is like, oh, you know, familial relationship or friendship related relationship that is happening. Um, so having like more friendship interaction, which this musical is actually full of, especially from the three friends, is something that I really appreciated. So yeah, I, I definitely like this and it's my favorite from the musical. What do you think? Yeah, it's probably one of the most famous songs in the <laughs> musical. Um, I have to say, though, the translation of the song is very funny in Mandarin um, because how straightforward the lyrics are. Literally just say like, oh, we make love every day and night, that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. the first time I watched it, obviously it was in the translated lyrics version mm -hmm. and they were being super conservative in terms of that and it wasn't until later that I read the English lyrics that I realized that oh it was very bold <laughs> but they're trying to make something that is a lot more conservative and and yeah and I thought it was really funny Aww. I definitely love the energy and the youthfulness in the song I mm -hmm. really like the interaction between the three of them I thought it was yeah. just so cute and it's so real too because they tease each other a lot so I like it it's very friendly it's very cute um I like how they talk to each other musically this song is really catchy I like yes. the part where they kind of echoing and sing together I thought it was beautiful um fun fact so this song actually has its own music video so if oh. you go on YouTube to search a lot of the songs from this musical like they meet they made uh, specific music videos for a couple of the most famous songs so that's how famous it was before I really like this version in particular because the 2001 version you can see that the three of them I guess when they play the roles, they're also quite young. So you get mm. to see that wellness or like the carefree spirit <laughs> that they were trying to embody in the song. But when they trying to sing it again in like 2010 and recently they had a 2018 revival too, to I think a tour to China or something. Like mm. because they're much more mature in terms of age, like for me, it doesn't have the same kind of energy and you know being young and wild is all the song is really about so for me like I really recommend you guys to listen to the 2001 version because I thought it was the best no oh, yeah it definitely is a great song like I could definitely see myself like just putting it on a playlist and listening to it outside of this um it's super catchy I enjoyed it a lot actually yeah out of curiosity, because I also noticed like the youthfulness, especially for Juliet, her voice is very like, you know, crystal clear and beautiful yeah. and youthful. Um, gentle. Yeah. Yeah. So gentle. Um, did her voice age in the more recent versions? A little bit, for sure. I think everybody's voice sort of aged. She actually didn't play Juliet for the revival. This year is the 20th anniversary of the musical. So she actually did an online collab with Damien. So the actor who played Romeo mm -hmm. and the two of them sings the famous song like together online again so Aww. you can definitely see how each of their voice kind of changed over the 20 years and mm -hmm. honestly 20 years is a long time so I'm not surprised yeah. but but yeah I, to me she's definitely the best Juliet out there um yeah I guess have I'll you seen all of them? here no no not really I just seen the other version I think the actress name was Joy something. And she was actually Damien's girlfriend and later his wife. Ooh. So the two of them, they're lovers and they're playing Romeo and Juliet. And I thought it was so cute. But vocal wise, um, she's not as strong. 
they actually um, got a divorce like one year after that. <laughs> so it didn't even end well for them. <laughs> I was thinking like, wouldn't playing Romeo and Juliet be bad luck? Um, I'm actually curious to see if there is difference in like a big difference in acting or anything. Are all the rest of the characters in the other version the same? Just Juliet is different or? No, I think only Romeo and the prince are the, the same. So okay. like the prince, he plays um, the priest Lawrence later, right? So right. he changed role, but he was still in the production. And mm-hmm. Romeo is still Romeo, but then all the other cast changed. Any any like character that you like from the other version more? or? <sighs> so they did a really interesting version of uh, Mercutio. Mm. In that version, he was a lot more crazy. <laughs> he even has his own solo song, which is literally called Crazy. Probably in the original play too, like he was more of the carefree type of person, but you don't really totally. get to see that here. He was just kind of there, like Romeo's friend. I feel like you do a little bit. Like I think they did give, because the friends have so many interactions together, mm-hmm. you get to see a little bit of the friends dynamic and you get to see like Mercutio is a little bit more of the wild type. Romeo is very subdued. And uh, Benfolio is kind of like the helper friends and he just like goes along with whatever happens um, Mm. and like tries to be nice and helping other people. So I do think like you get a little bit of an interaction, but I would be really curious to see like how amped up the craziness is because I was like seeing a lot of like campy characters. Um, All right. So the next song is Jepa. Marcuccio informs Romeo of the ball taking place at the Capulets that night um, and Romeo is voicing his fears not necessarily just like his fears about uh, everything that's going on um, with his life but just like fears in general fears of death fears of the current situation fears for like his parents life um, so it's a very like encompassing song what do you think of it? Yeah honestly I feel like they can cut this song it Me sounds okay. kind of nice <laughs> But that's about it. I think originally this song was actually for Mercutio, but then they ended up giving it to Romeo, which I think makes a lot more sense because it he, does. like we said, is a more carefree type of person. So yeah. why would he sing this song? Yeah. And then the DVD version that we watched, they have some really weird editing effects, yes. which I didn't enjoy as much. So um, in the musical version, they included like a character called, like, I guess, the death. Yes. And she was just kind of there on the stage the whole time. Like she never speaks a line. She never sings anything, but she's just there present all the time, or I guess most of the time. And especially she follows Romeo a lot. So yes. in this song in particular, when he sings about his fear for death or tragedy or whatever bad things that could happen to his life, you see death like kind of dancing around him all the time and like trying to um be around him which I think is a very poetic symbolism and foreshadowing but I think like the editing Mm. effect is too much (laughs) I don't know and I I don't necessarily need to see them like being together to get it you know for this specific scene she really bothered me in future scenes especially in act two she has some truly terrifying moments and for that alone I'm glad they included her but at this point in time you don't really have any idea who she is she's just a lady clad in white it can be really confusing if you don't know about it before like you can assume or guess that she's death related just because of the way she's presented but the fact that she is hanging all around Romeo she's literally like right next to him like breathe breathing uh distance and i figure it will be a lot of like 
awkwardness related to it just like being on the stage with somebody like that close to your face um so I thought like oh you know it must be really really awkward for the actor but also at this point in time she isn't really necessary um obviously they want us to know that death is around the corner for him but I doubt that anyone who's going into this show like without knowing this like there's not a single person in my opinion that doesn't know what's going to happen and that he will die and like the entire tragedy of the story so the foreshadowing is not really necessary here because it's something that we're already very very familiar with so the next one is Le Mure, uh, Rue. so we cut to the ball that's actually an orchestration version of the ball but because there is no singing involved I'm just jumping through that Tybalt's costume uh, is really, really a standout in the ball, by the way. I just want to mention it. He gives me like King Richard from Disney's Robin Hood. He looks like <laughs> a prideful lion. I like that a lot. Um, so Romeo and Juliet notice each other and fall in love at first sight. For this specific song, I really like the backing vocal. I think it gives me like very ballroom dance quality to it. And it fits the setting really, really well. And as I mentioned, I think like five times already, their voices sound really, really incredible together. And backed with the correct setting for the backing vocals, um, it's actually a very well done song, I think. What do you think? I think melody wise, it's actually quite boring, but because that their voice sounds so good together mm-hmm. that I can totally ignore it and just enjoy listening to them sing together. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but because the scene when this song happens, like when they fall in love, like everybody else kind of stopped thing and they're just kind of standing there on the ground and kind of symbolize like as time stops. And you can see like Tavol like trying to hug her, but then she dodged it. And I thought it was so I did not notice that. <laughs> so actually a lot of things happen in the ball scene. Like you see Paris trying to dance with Juliet, and then how like Tavol was like so jealous, so like he stole her um to dance with him instead. Yeah. And then there's just like a lot of things happen background. So I thought it was kind of funny and interesting that I included a lot of the details. Um, so yeah, just wanted to throw it in there. But yeah. yeah, song itself, I think it's a nice song, but it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have better songs together though. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, the idea of it being a little bit boring, but the voice sounds really, really well together is a note that I have for all of their duets. So I figured I'd omit it a little bit, but I definitely see what you're saying. Um, in terms of like the way the video was cut, I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, so they had like a drum beat for the orchestration for um, the ball. And um, with every beat of the drum, it showed like a new mask. This is a masquerade ball. Um, and it just like gave it a lot of like life and excitement that I thought was really necessary and I really enjoyed that they included there. All right, so the next song is So Romeo and his friends are discovered by the Capulets and kicked out promptly after that. Um, and Juliet is crushed by finding Romeo's identity. And then Tybalt sings about how his entire personhood is shaped by the hatred and contempt of the conflict. Personally, I thought the actor is actually really, really good. I enjoyed his acting. He seemed like a very vile, conflicted character, which uh, I think gave it a lot of complexity. Um, And the lyrics I found very intriguing. Um, The melody is okay, but the lyrics were very, very good. And I also found of note the falsetto notes that he has uh, were really skillfully done. I thought like it really gave a lot of character to the song and I think it's like an impressive vocal feat so that I appreciated 
Yeah, definitely. I really, really like the song. I really like his character. I feel like in this new version, they really add a lot of depth into his character. I like how it's、yes. so conflicted, and you get to see a lot of the internal struggle. So in the new 2010 version, they actually added a scene where Julia's dad kind of shouted at him for trying to make a scene as he found out like Romeo sneak into the party. And、oh. I think that is a much more smoother transition to this song. So because it outlines the reason and the internal. Conflict he has beneath that violent self, right? But even without that theme, I already love this song very much. I think the actor has a very special vocal, and、Agreed. it also points out like kind of like no one is born with a hatred and violence. He also really doesn't have a choice,、um, and he feels so lonely deep down because of this conflict between who he wants to be versus who he needs to be. So I like how. We get to see that side of him, and also、mm-hmm. we see even the people from his own family are kind of scared of him. So they're kind of like dodging or avoiding eye contact or physical contact when he approaches them. So、mm-hmm. that really builds up the empathy for him as a as a character. So I really like what this song does to his character, and it、mm-hmm. just adds so much personality for me. Yeah, I agree.、Yeah. Um, I also think like. Uh, this character is almost a little bit of a foil to Romeo, and especially in this version, since he obviously wants Juliet. I feel like Romeo is willing to look past the family hatred, and Tybalt is kind of like shrouding himself in the family hatred and contempt as an excuse for his behavior and his violence.、Mm-hmm. While Romeo actively tries to shun it away, even though we ultimately know he cannot fully shrug it off. And I think like the fact that he's trying to excuse his behavior based on like the way his parents raised him is something that we see a lot in media, and it's very interesting that they highlighted it. And I think it also it makes him a more complex villainous character in a way, somebody that you can almost root for a little bit. But it also shows you kind of like the folly of that kind of line of thinking. And、it's like, oh, you know, yes, you were raised in a certain way, but you're a little bit gr- more grown. You know a little bit more about the world. You know that what you're doing has some wrongness to it, and yet you choose not to accept and embrace a different way of life,、um, despite knowing that. So I understand that it's obviously a struggle, but I don't get a sense of he's trying a lot through his actions, and I think that's actually what makes him more of an antagonistic character compared to somebody else who、mm-hmm. had who grew up with the same kind of like mindset because the entire Variety of the like the citizenships, all of them grew up with the conflict already in their face. But he's choosing hate over love, unlike Romeo. Yeah, but I feel really bad for him because Romeo has、yes. friends, and you don't see、oh. anyone beside him. You know, like you don't see, really see somebody kind of standing by himself, being supportive, or even just be that person that he can be with. So that's why he's so lonely deep down. That's a great point, actually. And- It just seems like a negative cycle almost because he's so lonely, and that's why he feels like he needs to get the approval by others from、mm-hmm. being violent. Yeah, so like the fact that his environment is so not supportive of him, or like nobody really loves him, from what we can see, is also contributing to、um, how he is the way he is. Yeah, definitely. I, I think he's probably one of the more complex here. Maybe him and Fire Lawrence, who、yeah. has a lot of complexity in the original one,、yes. and, and they carry that over.、Um, so I actually really enjoyed his characterization here, even though they. The whole like liking Juliet thing is not to my liking, but I think it makes him a more successful foil narrative wise. Okay, so the next song is Le Poète. 
if I'm completely honest, I don't really understand what's going on here. Um, so <laughs> I'll say what I think and maybe okay. you can correct me. It seems like there is a poet who talks about the meaning of life and Juliet joins him in talking about the meaning of life and its futility without Romeo. Is that right? <laughs> I think the poet's supposed to be Julia's friend. So friend? There's, they're actually really good friends from what I understood. Okay. Um, and Interesting way of showing it. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I think this song, even though, again, it sounds pretty nice, but it's yes. also relatively short. And yes. we don't really see a lot of things happening from a narrative point of view because all we kind of see is like the poet talking about his own stuff which is like his place in the universe kind of and then Julia talks about completely different stuff which is like I don't really care about what happened in the universe because I fall in love tonight and yeah. that's pretty much it and then we cut to the next scene so even if they cut this completely out from the musical it's not really going to change anything I tried looking on the Wikipedia to like see what's going on here and what they said is that this is a dream she's dreaming about it and try to like reason her way through it really <laughs> uh, you know that's that's at least again what I read maybe I misunderstood so yeah I don't and he doesn't have any like reason to be there as a character unlike death I would yeah, say exactly. like which is a character they added so I don't really understand it. and this is already um a musical with a lot of songs in it I mean it's cute it's it's a cute song for sure but I just don't see the reason for it existing mm-hmm. Um, all right, so the next song is uh, Le Balcon. Um, Juliet sings in the balcony of her love to Romeo. And uh, when Romeo goes to visit her, and he also confesses his love for her in return. It's a classic song. <laughs> it's a classic scene. Honestly, it's, it's super sweet. But well, why? Why are you laughing? No, I just like, I, I love hearing you say that. Okay, go why? on. I don't know it just seems like you were trying to think about stuff to say for this they're like what I have written down is boring and bland but again their voices work together which is what I have for all of their songs really yeah I, I love the fact that they actually built a balcony and they had Romeo literally climb up the balcony and I'm yes. like oh that's so that's if they so didn't that, if they didn't do that I would come after them with pitchforks like <laughs> the most iconic scene in the right? entirety of the play is the balcony scene yeah exactly and the fact that they're all so young, like the innocence, the love, Aww. the passion for each other. It's just so cute. I, I really never took you for a romantic, Claire. <laughs> I'm maybe definitely I should not a big romance person. I, I feel like maybe I got really sick of romance during my teenage years, but I watched it before my teenage years and that's ah, why I survived. Um, I see, I see, yeah. I so I really love this part, even though I'm usually not a romance person at all. I am loving the role reversal here because usually I'm very fond of like romantic things or romantic Mm -hmm. comedies in particular and you're very realistic about everything and I think like this is a very stark role reversal for us. (laughs) Um, So the next one is Paramour. So yeah, in this number, Romeo proposes to Juliet. Um, Juliet is a bit skeptical at first because she doesn't really know Romeo um, and she kind of like questions he might be a playboy like is he really true to me will he really love me um, and she decides to send her nurse to him tomorrow and um, he will let the nurse know if the marriage proposal still stands and if it does still stand she accepts his offer and then we cut to Romeo confiding in Fire Lawrence of his love for Juliet um, and he ultimately asks for his help in getting them married. 
Um, personally, I thought this is one of the nicer songs here. The couple singing interjected by like the Fire Lawrence works like really well. Um, I like the background beat of the drum, the edge of the electric guitar. It helped give like a little bit more grit and interest to the song. So I thought this was like a good layering on top of like the rest of the cast in the end. Um, they had a lot of like complexity in it, which I found was lacking from the majority of their other numbers. So I thought this is a pretty well done number. What do you think? Yeah, I think he has a really special voice. Like, to be honest, at first, I didn't really like kids. For Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah. Because it sounds very, what's it's the word? raspy, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at first, I was like, oh, I don't really like it too much. But then after listening to like a couple times, I actually kind of like it. And then mm-hmm. he definitely grows on me. I like the Romeo's acting here is really good. I think he is like so anxious. He's like begging. And at the same time, he's hopeful. So I think he does a really good job like showing all those emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. I think I'll probably butcher the titles of the next two, but this one is uh, La Boo Lalad. So Fire Lawrence agrees to marry them and sees this kind of as an opportunity to bring the two warring families together and end the feud once and for all. And then the people of Verona and Mercutio and Benvolio in particular make fun of like a disabled woman and uh, the nurse chastises them for it. Yeah, in terms of like what's happening here, I feel like it's a very commonplace practical thing to do, especially in the past of like marrying two people from warring families or warring countries in particular to achieve peace. So I was- (laughs) Sorry. Game of Thrones. I haven't watched past season four. Um, And that was years ago. Did you watch the entire thing? Yeah, I watched the entire thing. So stopping a season four, best decision you can ever make. Really? Okay, that's good to know. I feel um, validated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You hear about it in history classes like all the time of like strategic marriage, marriages like this. And honestly, should have just like proposed it to families anyway. It's like, hey, you are risking your lives if you guys are going to be feuding because of the prince's new decree. Maybe you should consider this on your own um so and that's something that I thought about in the original story as well so obviously it's not not related to this but always like followed me like this is such a commonplace thing to do why didn't they do this mm-hmm. um in terms of like what's happening in the song I really liked Mercutio and Bonvolio before but now I get a feeling they're like straight up assholes like they're making fun of uh, a disabled woman I think she was hard of hearing um oh, and she they just were, like, can't speak I think Oh, or mute. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. They're making fun of her. They're groping a lot of women there. They're acting like straight up like assholes. They're really, really unlikable in this particular scene. Um, the music itself was actually something that I did enjoy. Uh, I particularly like the ha 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 part, yeah. of course. <laughs> um, and I I liked when the characters sing with the rest of the ensemble. So it's a it's a nice song, but just like what seeing what's happening on the stage from characters that I had like good feelings towards before was really really off-putting what do you think yeah I can see where you're coming from I don't think it's targeted towards the fact that she is mute though I feel like even though it's just like anybody from Capulet like they're probably going to make fun of them yeah but I can I can understand like why you have that feeling Lyric wise, I think it depicts like the way young people toy with love or like trying to take something seriously is rather embarrassing in front of your peers really well. So Mm -hmm. that aspect of like, oh, I want to look cool 
in front of my peers and yeah. therefore I don't want to take anything too seriously I won't be able to admit my true feelings it's like so well depicted in the song so I thought that part was really nice and musically I like the part when they sing together mm-hmm. and um again like you I also enjoy the ha 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 part I thought it was <laughs> just so cute um and I don't know I enjoy whenever the nurse has something to sing she has a really powerful voice yes in my opinion so 100% um, yeah and it's one of the songs that you don't really see a lot of the how do you call it? like the main main cast so for example um you have like the side characters singing a song together I think is rather rare and I appreciate that I like mm-hmm. it I don't like not every songs need to have like Romeo or Juliet in it and uh, the fact that they have a song together which is a pretty interesting combination to to be honest if you think about it is also rather interesting so I enjoy that yeah yeah I definitely think it was a very good song um and I did enjoy it uh, melodically and vocally. Just uh, I I wanted to like Marcuccio and Bonvolio bad, but <laughs> this was not it. <laughs> I mean, they're young, right? Like they're they not are. known to be like polite, humble young people, anyways. So that's I can a see great that point. plays to their character. Yeah. That's a great point for sure. I expected more of Bonvolio though. Marcuccio has a wild side; he's crazy. But Bonvolio, what happened to you? Well, your um, friends says a lot about you. Right? That's true. <laughs> that a, that's a great point. Um, but I mean, he's also friend with Romeo, and I feel like Romeo is kind of like his best friend, and he seems much more of a gentlemanly type compared to Mercutio. So that's true. Um, yeah. The next song is "Evola Quelem." Sorry, in advance. <laughs> or not in advance. I've done it already. But sorry. <laughs> Um, so the nurse finds Romeo and he confirms his love for Juliet. Um, he asks her to relay his plan to meet Juliet at Fire Lawrence's so the fire can wed them. Um, the nurse sings about her maternal love for Juliet, and I think this is a pretty good number. I really, really enjoyed the nurse's voice, it's phenomenal. She has a beautiful, beautiful voice, and it gave me a slight like Disney esque film vibe. If anything, like my only nitpick for this is I would probably make it slightly shorter um, because it is a little bit repetitive. But I mean, the fact that she has like this amazing voice and she sings, like I'm just happy about that. Um, And she is a really big standout from the vocal department for me. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I love this song. I love, love, love this song. I can relate to this song so much because like my aunt raised me too. Mm -hmm. So I was also raised by somebody who's technically not my biological mother. So Mm -hmm. I can relate to this song so, so much. And the way that she sings about her love for Juliet, that really touched me and that really moved me. I feel like because I came from a similar background or a life story so I can really relate to that and this actress she's so brilliant but unfortunately she actually died of cancer the second year um this musical went on tour so yeah yeah, at a personal level at a musical level um and I guess at a talent level I I love this song yeah it's a great song and the lyrics are definitely very touching for me definitely the big standout is the voice she just has an amazing amazing voice um 
And just to like, I guess, deepen the familial connection that they have. Um, the reason why she's called the nurse is because she was Juliet's wet nurse. And that means she is the one who literally nursed her mm-hmm. um, as a baby. Um, so her mom didn't do that. Uh, yeah. So she literally like grew up from her sustenance and not only did she raise her but she physically took care of her as like an infant to mm-hmm. the newborn baby um so I think that like really deepens the connection that they have for each other yeah and you can see like it's definitely mutual so like the nurse really loves her and Juliet confides in her she trusts only her from her family to think about her best interest because she and the nurse have different of opinions here very very frequently but the nurse complies with what she thinks is in Juliet's best interest even if she disagrees with it so I think that's a sign of true love definitely Mm -hmm. all right so the um next song is a map so the nurse tells Juliet of Romeo's love and readies them for the wedding so to me the song sounds about the same as all the rest of Romeo and Juliet's duets. Uh, I do get a little bit of a sense of urgency from it, which does differentiate it slightly. I just think it's not necessarily the best act one closer musically, just because there is not as much of a different sound to it or different musical notations to it compared to the rest. But I think narratively, it's a very good act one closer because I think it's like the peak of the good things that are happening and since act two and following that everything is going to go downhill so narratively I think it's actually a very strong closer what do you think yeah this is another big number from the musical but yeah I agree they have a lot of duets together I think this is probably not the best but to be honest I can't really pick a best anyway but I just like the way they sing together again so to me I don't mind the song too much so yeah yeah. and agree with you I think it's a very good at one closer the way that they smell each other oh my god so cute um I can (laughs) I can also see where you're coming from in terms of like it's just another duet (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, if you don't have anything bad to say about it, definitely like don't invent something out of the blue. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I feel like at least one of the big songs coming out of it needs to be a Romeo and Juliet duet. So mm-hmm. might as well be this one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going into act two and the act two opener is on deep dans la rue. Um, the two clans discover Romeo and Juliet got together and um Benvolio Marcuccio talked to Romeo about it I don't have much to say about it if I'm honest narratively I don't think it's the best act to opener but musically it's okay um I'd actually slot it in the upper half of the songs we've heard so far what do you think I like the song I think okay. like musically it sounds pretty nice I like the three of them sing together so I appreciate before Marcuccio is dead like there is another number that where they get to sing together and the other big change in this musical versus the original play is that almost everybody knew about the wedding, which makes the decision of the capitalist family deciding to marry Julia to Paris kind of funny to me because it's like, don't you already know that she got married to Romeo? Like, why would you do that? So I think it's like a change that you make to make sense of the story. But in a sense, you also have like a logic bug. <laughs> later on so I thought that was kind of interesting but anyways yeah. I enjoy the song I think when they sing together it sounds really nice um yeah so I actually think it's a not bad act to opener 
but I might definitely be biased. <laughs> I mean, I think narratively, it's not the best act to opener just because even, I don't know. I mean, the next song is probably not the best act to opener either, but I, I would like something that is a little bit more emphasized mm-hmm. um, as an event to happen to open the second act and to show, you know, the change in people. That's ideally what I would be looking for. Um, either as a change to what's happened before. So kind of like a big ju- juxtaposition or maybe something that is like right after or right as a consequence that involves the character that just happened rather than, you know, the town and hearing about it from other people. So I don't think it's like a bad act two opener. I just don't think it's as strong as it could be. And musically, I actually think it's one of the better songs they have. Mm-hmm. Um, the next song is Selajua. So Tybalt self-angrenized and sings about his conquests. Um, this is like very text. So I think before it was more of a subtext that he like liked Juliet when here he's laying it out in the open. Um, and he is very enraged to hear that she got together with their enemy, so with Romeo. Um, and as revenge, he wants to kill Romeo. I like his voice. So honestly, mm-hmm. I just appreciate that he gets a second solo. I like how the first solo he gets is like a more emotional, sentimental side of him. And then this one is definitely showing that wild, violent, crazy side of him too. So very different image or very different character that we see in both. And I I appreciate that. I think it's a very nice number because it, I don't know, the acting is so good. And I can really get convinced like he's just so mad and he's so ready to to kill Romeo 100%. um so I like that about it like musically I think it's nice it's probably not the best but I don't mind it yeah for me the acting definitely stands out a lot though I agree with you I think the acting is really a standout for here and it really paints him as almost like a tragic here also Shakespearean style of like you know having wrath as his fatal flaw or something you get to see a little bit of anger outbursts in his first solo and in here it's really out of control and he's very very violent and very very mad um so it's good to see you know the narrative progression that happens here you understand it's the same character but something happened to make his situation worse and you feel for him in that regard mm-hmm. um it also makes me a little bit fearful of him so i think like the fact that it jolts an emotional reaction is really really interesting and I think it's very very difficult to do so um I think it's it's a it's a great number from that respect and I really really like the fact that they um slow it as something that is more of a fatal flaw which mm-hmm. also gives me Shakespearean style so uh <laughs> thumbs up um the next number is Le Duel so uh Tybalt and Mercutio instead of Romeo fight and the reason for that is because he just finds Mercutio first and Romeo is not in the picture at the moment. And I think this is a really good continuation of the previous one because it gave us like violence. It gave us madness. Um, and I think this is like exactly what you can ask for for a song and a scene like this. Like there is a lot of um, instrumentation that make it very intense. And, um, you know, they have a lot of like verbal back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's actually a good continuation to what happened just before and it gives it a lot of urgency for sure yeah I really enjoy it too I like the lighting in this one Mm, Um, yes there's a lot of like it focuses on a lot of people and especially the red lighting when he stabbed uh, Mercutio I think it 
did a really good job it mm-hmm. just showcased like how bloody and how violent that was and also um, red is the color that symbolizes the capulet so it yeah. can also symbolize the fact that he's the one who was the victor in here yeah in one yeah so i own all i think the visual uh presentation of the song is really really good and i also really like when romeo joins in and trying to kind of break them off and his yeah. high note trying to kind of calm everyone down but it didn't do anything <laughs> Aww. I think that part, sing, um, the singing part was also really, really good. And again, dancing in this number is just amazing. I think whenever they have a fight, the dancing is just absolutely stunning and yes. very, very impressive. And that is definitely showing in here. It's very modern style of dancing too. Um, it's very chaotic in a way because very disorganized that kind of everyone is each doing their own thing sort of. But even though it can sometimes be very confusing, but it has a really weird sense of like foreign beauty in it and I and I really enjoy it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's a really really well done scene for sure um the next one is Maud de Mercutio um so Mercutio loses the duel and dies and as an act of revenge Romeo kills Tybalt so um I found it really interesting that his famous speech of like plague a plague on both your houses um was very declawed in here so mm-hmm. before he goes with the line of, you know, a plague on both your houses, he like has a huge monologue of like sweet affirmations to Romeo and how Romeo should continue with his love for Juliet and stuff like that. And as a result of that, you know, his contempt towards the feud and towards, you know, both of them is very sanitized which is interesting. I mean, I think it makes him more of a supportive friend, but it takes away the aspect of, you know, the futility of the war. So I think like it gives something and takes something from it. But what do you think? I don't really have much to say, to be honest. I guess they just included it so that everyone gets a solo because Mercutio solo was cut. So he might as well get one here. And it's fairly short as well so he pretty much dies like really soon like fairly quickly after Mm -hmm. this so yeah I don't really have much to say about this to be honest yeah yeah I don't think any of the songs would be classified as songlets so for example I remember when we did fun home and like tons of the songs were songlets and we had to like group a lot of them um I think all of the songs here are fully fledged but definitely some of them are shorter yeah yeah for sure all right, the next song is La Vengeance. The Capulets go to the prince and demand retribution for Tybalt's death. Honestly, I don't have anything to say about it, but do you? I just like the numbers when uh, the two families sing together. So I like this mm. one. I think yes. it has a lot of, I don't know, intensity in this one. Like it seems like both families are ready to fight, sort of. I also like a lot that they have a lot of numbers in this musical to sing about like the hatred and conflict between the families and what it costs to be fighting against each other. So in act one, we have like the, the hate song, mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, the both ladies sing. And then this one obviously comes out. And then later on, um, after Romeo and Juliet dies, then they also have a number to sing about like, oh, what it costs to be, you know, so violent against each other. So I like how they emphasize on the the hatred theme so much. But yeah, musically, it's nice, but it's nothing too impressive. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the next song is actually interesting. I think you're absolutely right when you say everybody get a solo. Uh, (laughs) I think the only person who doesn't get a solo is Paris. Uh, He has a solo. 
to yeah, show off solo. how rich he is. Oh, but that's not a solo, it's a duet. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay, um, never mind. Yeah, so I think Paris is the only one, literally, who doesn't have a solo. And if we really, really want to go in there, death doesn't have a speaking line nor a solo. Um, maybe a dance solo, if that counts. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the next song is a solo by The Prince. It's called Le, Pou- La- Le Pouvoir. Please mm-hmm. tell me that's right. Uh, I actually, fun fact, practiced <laughs> the pronunciation for all of the numbers Did you? before. Oh my God, that's so cute. With Google Translate. So that could be wrong. And obviously oh. I could be misremembering it, but I practiced it like three or four times. And clearly the one year of French I took did nothing for me uh, and for my pronunciation. So again, francophones, so sorry. But in the solo, the prince laments having to be responsible for making such heavy decisions and having the power to, you know, ruin lives. I think it's a pretty nice song. I like the prince's voice a lot. And uh, I'm glad that they kind of like moved him around with the other production to the role of the friar or any role that he wants, to be honest. Um, Maybe not Romeo. Maybe maybe we shouldn't do that. But uh, he has a really good voice. I really like the deep end note of um, You Die From It and the ominous growl at the very end of The Power. Um, So he, he has like a few really, really notable parts in the song that I really, really enjoyed for sure. What do you think? Yeah, musically, it's okay. Narratively, definitely adds some personality to the prince. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's not entirely necessary. Like, Oh, for sure. I think it's nice that they have so many solos for so many characters. And obviously, in a way, like it helps us understand the complexity of the character to another level, which is really great. But look at the length of the musical it's really long so if I have to (laughs) cut it I would definitely do so but again because his voice is so nice um I don't mind listening to it um all right the next one is duo de despessois the nurse and Friar Lauren sing about the cruelty of men. Um, the nurse she informs Juliet of Tybalt's death and Friar Lawrence about Romeo's banishment. I love them together, to be honest. Um, they sound amazing. And I, I understand, you know, the priest having to get used to his voice, but I think his voice is really in character. Like it's suitable for him, mm-hmm. like of being like a weary older man and like stuff like that. So I actually really like it. Um, and their voices together, very, very good. And also the song, I think, is a little bit more memorable than the rest of them. It's a very good song, in my opinion. What do you think? I think so, too. Um, so this one is the funeral scene, right? So we see, yes. like, Mercutio and being carried around a lot. And, like, a lot of the actors from, like, both families, they're kind of uh, physically moving, sometimes on the floor even. And just by moving their bodies, like we can see that everyone from both sides of the family is really suffering. And I think that's the whole point of the song. So like I said, I like a lot of these songs are about the internal struggles or like about being lost and not knowing what to do. And definitely also like desperate, painful experiences like this. And I think having the priest and the nursing together is actually an interesting choice because they don't seem to hate the other side of family so much. Mm-hmm. So compared to the other characters, they're more like a side character, well, like a witness even in this family conflict. Right. So they are able to kind of sing and witness the tragedy that happened and to make a comment on it. So I like the choice of 
I guess, the singer who sings the song a lot. And I think their voice actually works so well together too, uh, which is a surprise to me. It was definitely a delighted surprise though. A hundred percent. It's a very good song, I think, from here. So the next one is actually La Chante de la Louette. And it's not, it's before the song, but they had like a full minute or something like that of like zooming on Mercutio and Tybalt's corpses with, <laughs> yeah, with death in the background. And then they had like some really chilling music and it was like, honestly, some of the like most emotion I felt during the entire show. It was really, really well done. It literally felt like a worthwhile moment. It was scary to me. This is this so is what I was mentioning. Yes, super yeah. creepy. When I was mentioning like the death is a lot better utilized in the second act. This is what I'm talking about in another scene that she had that was even more chilling to the bone than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually really enjoyed this little segment here. But after that we cut to Romeo and Juliet spending the night together before Romeo leaves uh Verona. Any thoughts? I think musically it's nice. Visually is a lot to show on the stage because <laughs> you can see that they are sleeping together. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, that's a that's a lot. Honestly, it was such a shock to me when I was like 13 or something. I'm like, whoa, I guess French culture. They're very <laughs> open and uh definitely an eye-opener for me. I think. We talked about I think when we met like earlier this week, but it was like, oh, um, when, because we went to see our class want to see uh, Romeo and Juliet, the play in uh, in person. And I actually really, really liked the performance in the play. It was really nice to see, even though I'm not a big fan of the play itself. And it was very weird that they decided to show it to like kids, I guess our age were what, 15. Um, so yeah, I suppose good for progressive schools <laughs> or progressive cultures. Yeah, yeah. so... I One thing don't. I just want oh. to note, though, is that Julia's hair got more curly. I don't know if you noticed. I did. It, it went progressively curly. So sometimes yeah. uh, in the first act, I believe, like maybe right after she met Romeo or at the ball, um, she had a few crimps in her hair. And then at this scene, her hair is completely crimped. And while in the very, very beginning, in her introduction, her hair is completely uh, flat. Isn't all her hair? I was wondering the entire time, does she have extensions? Because if it's not, her hair is be- like below her butt. Yeah, it's really long. I don't know if it's extension or not. I don't think it was mentioned in any of the Obviously interviews. not, obviously not. But, but I'm like, if this is all your hair, like, oh my God, this must be years and years and years of draw- growing it out. Like, it's so impressive. And it looks yeah. healthy. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was like a interesting visual representation of like how much she matures, I guess. I don't know. That's what it, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, so you think like the curliness represents maturity? I think so. Because when she, her hair was uh, straight, I think she looks a lot more innocent and a lot younger. Mm, okay. That's, that's a fair observation for sure. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this number, to be honest. I just, <laughs> another duet. You know, before that, In the Heights was like my bar for the romantically duets because they had like freaking four or five. Now I think my bar for how many duets the leads have are this. <laughs> so this is like a legendary musical in my mind for this alone. It's it's French. Anything French, I feel <laughs> like it's very long. <laughs> Uh, okay I think like anything we're going to I'm going to say you're just like oh it's French you know how those French people are (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see if we ever cover like another French musical maybe we can do that comparison 
if you guys have any recommendations please send us to us but yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure they have English subtitles because we do not know French as yeah. it has been very well established in this uh, in this episode um so yeah feel free to send it our way um all right the next song is Demain so Lord Capulet agrees to let Paris and Juliet marry on the next day and Lady Capulet informs Juliet of her dad's decision Juliet tells the nurse about tomorrow's wedding. Um, it's scheduled for tomorrow. And not wanting to go through with it because of Romeo. Um, and the nurse kind of chastises, chastises her. I really like the instrumentation here, actually. They use more strings, which is great. So before that, they tend to use like drums, electric guitars, like synths, stuff like that. And here they use something that feels less artificial um, and more mournful and beautiful, in my opinion. And I am a big fan of, you know, the ladies and the nurse voices. So I'm really glad to see them featured like this. I think it's a really, really good number and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, me too. I like how Julia's bed is not blue. I don't know if you noticed. I did but, not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was an interesting color presentation as well. So it's like, oh, I'm now part of Romeo's. Anyways, I thought it was really interesting that her bed is blue. Yeah, I love the stage setting here. Like each section is a person. So you get to see like um, her dad, her mom, the nurse, Juliet herself. You see Paris on the one corner. And then I think the poet on another corner. But like they oh. don't really do anything. So they're just kind of <laughs> there. I really, really like the song musically. I think the nurse, again, such a powerful voice. It just blends so well together. It really gives you that vibe of being nervous and being pressured so uh -huh. I really like it I think it sings very very well together yeah I didn't actually notice so much about the instruments but I'm glad you picked that up yeah 100% agree um the next one is Avoir un fil Lord Capulet sings about the meaning of having a daughter and being a father and I think it's a really sweet song lyric wise um you know his love for her is very apparent I like that he's conflicted and frustrated about you know what it entails but ultimately he really really loves her and I think it sheds a lot of like complexity into you know fatherhood in general and who he is as a character especially since he wasn't featured all that much and when he was featured it was only related to like Paris for example um so it's good to give him you know a solo like every other character deserves I guess and yeah I appreciate it mainly lyrically because I thought it was very sweet yeah me too this is actually my brother's favorite <laughs> he's like oh the dad character is so nice and I'm like I agree because it really reminds me of my own dad and I think if you like we are both daughters right so like it can really speaks to us in that sense and I like how it adds a lot of like depth into his character in terms of like how much he loves values and cares about his daughter obviously if you don't have this song then you're probably just gonna think oh what a douchebag like he's just trying to like force his daughter to marry somebody else and maybe for a good reason for money too because Paris like we see is rich right but actually like he cares about her happiness so much I think he was like maybe I read it wrong but like I think I read it somewhere saying that he was worried that um she's gonna be so upset that her cousin died and that's why he wants to you know use this marriage to kind of cheer her up a yeah little bit. So, I saw that too yeah yeah so I thought that it was really I don't know really really nice that we get to see that side of him too yeah um the next song after that is uh Senzel. so Romeo sings of his love and longing for Juliet while in the wasteland 
Um, it gives me No Makeup by Zion T. I don't know if you're you heard that song. We're both really into K-pop, so no, I haven't heard maybe I'm mispronouncing his name because I've never actually heard it. I just seen it. Oh okay. and this is how I would say it, but like it's the no makeup. Da-da-da-da-da. No. No. Um it was a <laughs> very big song at the time. Yeah. And uh meanwhile, Juliet is at Fire Lawrence begging him for help to get out of her wedding tomorrow. Apart from the comment about how much it reminds me of that song, I have nothing for this. Yeah, me too. I honestly don't have much to say I think again they sound really well together but you know we have heard them sing together a lot of times before so it's not anything too special too impressive right I agree um after that we have uh La Le Poison Mm -hmm. so uh Fire Lawrence gives Juliet a vial with a potion that will put her to sleep but make everyone think she's actually dead and when she'll wake up Romeo will be there yeah, I also don't really have a lot to say about this one. It's also kind of short. Um, yeah. Julia has really a great voice, though. She like, does. Her, her voice is like crystal clear. I really like that. It's really pure and innocent. But this one, musically, it's nothing too special. What about uh, you? Yeah, same for me. I really like all the cast's voices. Uh, I think they're all really, really good singers. But just a lot of the songs blend together for me and it could be just like me not listening to it enough or not having very varied instrumentation maybe I rely on the varied instrumentation too much um but this didn't stand out to me in any way Mm -hmm. next one is Kamal Louis um the Capula discovered Juliet's body Benvolio sings about being responsible for telling Romeo of Juliet's death and I find really interesting so this is like I think Benvolio's first solo and giving Benvolio some last minute character background (laughs) um yeah so like he's like an orphan and you know nobody's kind to me he I have nobody kind of like thing and I used to have friends and now one of them is dead and the other one is banished so I love like woe is me and I understand Benvolio is a difficult situation to be in I like the genuine emotion that I get from the lyrics. I don't necessarily get from the music all that much. Um, to be honest, I am not a biggest fan of Benvolio's voice in this particular number. Um, but I think it's still like passable. It's still very good. And I like his acting in here more than his vocals. Yeah, I appreciate that he gets some background story, but it's very random too. Yeah. And um, yeah, but I like it because, you know, it feels like he's not left out. And yes. because of the three friends that he also gets some story too. And it's like, hey, I'm still here, you know? And I like that he is given this much role because I think in the revival version that a lot of his role actually got taken out. So it's more like he's just there and he doesn't really do anything else, which is a shame because I think the three of them actually are all pretty important in some ways. So I appreciate that they tried to give him a little bit more role here. Yeah, Yeah, I think if you have the lyrics right in front of you, uh, the song has a lot to give. And if you see the video in front of you, the song also has a lot to give. Yeah. Uh, But if you're just putting it in the background, that might be a skip for me. Um, Okay, so the next one is a big one, Mo de Romeo. Benvolio tells Romeo of Juliet's death and they rush to Verona. This was the other uh, death segment that I actually really liked. So she has like a segment where she rips Juliet's letter, informing Romeo of the plan to like 
you know, what the potion is exactly. Um, and she rips the letter to shred in a very dramatic way. And it's like legitimately terrifying, like a horror figure or something. I don't know. It also seems to make her much more of a nefarious or like scheming character than she was portrayed before because it seems like an active decision not to let him know and to sabotage you know the escape so I actually really really like it um Mm -hmm. this particular segment Mm -hmm. um but it's what actually happens in the song um Romeo finds Juliet and decides to kill himself from grief uh of being without his wife the lyrics are very sweet in my opinion I don't think it's that different from any of his previous solos, to be honest, Um, except for the fact that it's maybe a little bit more serene rather than, you know, like demanding urgency of like, you know, he's taking his own life. But he seems very at peace with the decision here, which I think is an interesting suite to it, like sweet um, turn Mm -hmm. for it. So um, I like the different take that they have here because I did not expect it. And I think it does make sense. Yeah. I like the acting here. I think he does a pretty good job. Honestly, though, one comment I want to make is like, why can't they make more costume for him? I'm so sad because Romeo, <laughs> from the beginning to the end, he only has three costumes and they're all the same style, but just in different colors. Yes. And most of the time, you're just seeing the dark navy one or dark blue one. Um, he only wears the white one once during the wedding scene. And then he wears this like really ugly dirt color one after he got exiled. So like... I can't believe he has the bedazzled thing one. during the ball. Okay, that's true, but it's it's very ugly too, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I wish Julia doesn't have too many prettier. costumes either, actually, and I would expect more from like costumes from her. So she has like this very iconic pink frilly dress, and she has like the wedding dress. But apart from that, I don't really remember. She anything. has like a red dress too. Oh, which is another really interesting point because in Act 1, she usually wears something that's like a blush color or like a light a pink. pink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Act 2, she wears like a darker red color, which is, oh. I don't know, interesting to show that also she is now more mature, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah. But musically, I think it's a, it's a nice song. It's nothing too impressive, but then it definitely conveys a lot of emotion, which is something that I really love here because you can really see that even though he's he's like desperate to the point that he's numb like he's peaceful with his decision it's not like like you said right so it's not like I'm like so heartbroken and the world is collapsing it's like the world is already gone and I'm Mm -hmm. ready to be gone with it exactly so I like that interpretation of his character Mm -hmm. uh yeah I agree I think it is something that I didn't expect but it was a very pleasant surprise because Mm -hmm. They really make Romeo a calmer, more subdued person mm-hmm. and completely and utterly infatuated with Juliet, especially in here, you know, considering the sheer number of solos and duets they have together. Yeah. So um, the fact that he's so at peace with dying in order to be together with his love um, is, is a good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next song is La Mode de Juliet. So Juliet wakes up and finds Romeo dead next to her. I thought this one was a lot more, a little bit more, I guess, maybe not a lot more, but heartbreaking because it gave me such like Simba finding Mufasa <laughs> dead body. You know how like he thought he was like asleep or something or he didn't understand. And that is exactly the reaction that I got from her. Like she tried to wake him up. She was like, oh my God, Romeo, wake up. And she like moved him a little bit or tried to nudge him um, just to see if he would wake up. 
and he didn't. So uh, it was a little bit heartbreaking because of that connection for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's extra sad too because she's the one who knows the truth behind yes. it. Um, so she obviously is going to be a lot more pain. I know, right? It, like the guilt she must be feeling. Yeah. But yeah, it, it kind of sucks because she did write that letter, right? So she could expect him to like, I don't know, read it, but obviously the it didn't go through. Mm-hmm. So just knowing it's a simple communication issue that is what caused the entire downfall is very sad. Another thing, just because I can, I, I like death as a character, I suppose, in the second act. So something that I was hypothesizing is maybe death herself was in love with Romeo. That's and... what I thought too. Sorry. Oh, really? Okay. I'm so glad you noticed that. I mean, I understand the reason why she kissed him is potion. Like he he took poison, I think. Um, so this is a way to showcase poison and still involving her, though she could have easily handed him like a vial or something, right? So I definitely get the feeling that maybe death has the hot for him because usually she hangs around Romeo, even though death follows both of them. Like, you know, Tybalt dies from Juliet's side of the family and um, Mercutio died from Romeo's. So they have like a similar death count, but we see her all over Romeo. That's an interesting point because I was thinking about the same thing too. Maybe it's the fact that it's a she. <laughs> Maybe. And it's weird to have, you know, like a female death goddess like hang around Juliet, I guess. Um, what do you think about her death? I like her song here. Like, I think it shows like a certain level of determination. And mm-hmm. she's like, she has much of a more aggressive attitude towards her decision to die um, mm-hmm. compared to Romeo. Because Romeo, he gives me a, a calm feeling of like, all right, that's the just entire what it way. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Julia is like, I'm, I had enough. And that's the only way that I can truly escape from all these feelings. So it definitely seems that she is a lot more emotional than Romeo but it just makes the song like extra sad too because just the way that she says goodbye to the world I guess is is very intense <laughs> in a way yeah 100% yeah. um the next song is just a plus uh Friar Lawrence questions his ability to believe after seeing the evil and tragedy of men and to me it really reflects the earlier number of duo de this desespoir um though it's a solo here because like that number is also all about like questioning the Mm -hmm. evil of men as well um and I think it's a really interesting choice lyrically um and I think the tail end of the song especially packs a lot of emotions it gives Fire Lawrence a lot more complexity um I think it's a very good number for him, even though, again, you know, his vocals is something you have to get used to. Um, they give him so much character that I think it's definitely worth it. It's a good choice. Yeah. And then just before the song begins, like you see like a moment where death is literally in his face. Yes. And to me, it's like showcasing her power almost and showing off like, hey, I did it. And then nothing that you tried was going to stop me so I thought it was a very powerful moment even though it was very brief exactly I think having his solo at this very end makes so much sense and it actually made the story so much more powerful too 
I agree. Yeah, this really adds a lot. And I think not only to his character, but to the story itself, like you see how absolutely crushed he is and for his role in what happened. Yeah. So uh, a really good song for sure. And uh, the final song is Coupable. So um, Lady Capulet and Montague sing together about the loss of their children and decide to end the feuds between the families for good. Um, I actually think it's a really good ending. Mm -hmm. Uh, They sound both regretful and like they're recovering after a disaster which is exactly what happens and I just like that it comes from characters we got to connect with so for example mm-hmm. we've never seen Lord Montague and we've seen Juliet's father like uh, Lord Capulet only a little bit mm-hmm. um, so I like that this is how they decide to end it yeah I agree and I also like how they inserted uh, lyrics and melody from Amy in in here Mm -hmm. um I thought it's just like recalling that love goes above everything like love can solve everything what a sharp contrast to like the hate that the two of them used to sing in act one so I think all in all like even just musically it echoes um narratively it echoes lyrically it echoes what happened before so to wrap everything up like it's such a nice closing number Um, All right, so I guess we can move on to our final thoughts, and um, maybe I'll go first, and then you'll question my final (laughs) thoughts. Um, So I think I made it pretty clear, this musical isn't for me. I can see a lot of people liking it, especially if you grew up with it, because in my point of view, this musical has a lot that is more geared towards children, though it does deal with some heavy themes, so maybe, maybe your age group, actually, of like, just getting into your teenage years uh, or maybe preteens is probably the best time, in my opinion, to get into this musical. Uh, I really enjoyed the set design. I especially enjoyed the choreography. I thought it was excellent. Um, The actors and the singers here, really, really good singing voices. Like the way they melded together, especially when they had like duets or um, songs with like more people or an ensemble, very, very strong narratively it's not my cup of tea just Romeo and Juliet as a story is not a story that I gravitate towards and that could have something to do with the fact that I didn't enjoy it as much and also they had some decisions that they made that you know altered the original that were either good like with death in the second act or were a bit questionable like with incest but um, overall I think you know a lot of their decisions were positively done it definitely gave me a early 2000 vibe, which I enjoy. Um, I like the makeup and the hairstyles. It very, very much screamed early 2000. Uh, and I think if you grew up with it or if this is something that you like, if this is a story that you like, uh, if you really, really enjoy, um, I don't know, European music, uh, you would also really enjoy the song. Um, so this is the final notes for me. Oh, and one last thing I said, I think um, narratively, this is also very segmented so it doesn't really flow very very well into each other so for a lot of other musicals I have to group a lot of numbers together because they just flow so seamlessly you can separate them and make it make sense and in here it was very very easy to say like oh this is the small action that happens then this song happened it's a small action then this happens so it's very like segmented in that way yeah I, I agree with your last part. I think actually that's the style that I prefer because mm. when there's a lot of song mixed together, I'm be like, I, 
I don't really like it. And like <laughs> I said before, I don't like messy songs. I like songs as a whole song that I can exactly. enjoy it separately and completely. So maybe that's why I like it so much is because you can you know, enjoy the song from the beginning to the end as it is and don't have to worry about like having a dialogue in between or something. So that's what I like about it. Obviously, I like the music. I can't agree that sometimes the music can sound pretty repetitive, but overall, I think the quality of the music is actually quite nice. And I am saying this, acknowledging that I'm definitely biased because it's one of the, you know, the foreign music that I was exposed to is probably the first couple of French songs that I knew. So I can understand if people don't like it, but for me, it definitely has more value than just being a song itself. It also kind of, you know, my good memory from my childhood. So for sure, um, definitely has a lot of meaning to me at that personal level. Did you see it live, by the way? No, I know it played in Taipei. I know. I wish I was there, but I was not. Um, (laughs) I think they play it while I was already moved to Canada. Oh, no. I was not in Taiwan at the time. Anyways, so yeah, that's my final thoughts and yeah. i see that we're doing a quiz we and are it's called which romeo and juliet character are you all right so let's start um so what costume most appeals to you for a costume ball so the options are a fairy a hippie a teacher slash businessman a famous person a skeleton a king slash queen a clown an alien oh, i hate all of those Ooh, I'm gonna choose businessman <laughs> for a costume party. Yeah, I hate costume party. I hate parties in general. Uh, okay, uh, me too. But I would choose a fairy. All right. Um, you've been challenged to a street fight. Choose your weapon: sword, intelligence, the law, intimidation, knife. I don't fight. Gun, poison. If it's a street fight, definitely gun. <laughs> I would choose the law just because I'm amused by it and I feel uh-huh. like I would be useless okay. <laughs> in a street fight um so might as well go out with a bang choose a Shakespearean character not in Romeo and Juliet Desdemona Hamlet Bottom Beatrice Perdita Don Pedro Iago and King Henry VIII Hamlet uh I chose Beatrice okay um choose a decade in the past to travel to 1940s the 90s 70s 50s 30s 1900s 1960 and 1920 I'm gonna do 20s I'm gonna do 90s I would like to have my rights um, so I don't want to be you know it's travel it's not like you have to live there that's true but I mean I still exist like as a woman in okay the 20s so <laughs> all makes right sense. calculating what? results oh my god okay so I got Juliet oh okay yeah it's like you have a good internal balance between emotional logic and you're mature you're attractive and sensitive huh and you still have a lot <laughs> to learn about the world all right what did you get uh I got Friar Lawrence oh, nice. I love helping other people but might be a bit misguided in your methods <laughs> All right, that's All good right. for my future career. Um, okay, so I guess we'll go to our final ranking and okay. drum roll. I'm going to give it 4.5 out of 10 deaths. Okay, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 leather pants. 
that's yeah. a good one. You showed yeah. a lot more restraint, I think, in your your biases <laughs> than I do. Like I would be like 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10. Oh no, no, no. Want... there's still parts like I don't enjoy as much. So I can I can give it a fair score of eight. I see. All okay. Right. Yeah. If you guys have any opinion about anything we discussed today or any, you know, podcast episodes we discussed in the past, or if you have any recommendations for future episodes, please contact us. Um, you can contact us on Instagram, on Reddit, and on Twitter at Podway Podcast, or you can email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in our next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye.